What's going on, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. Last night was UFC 262, headlined by Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler for the vacant lightweight championship live from Houston, Texas. Unfortunately for Michael Chandler, it did not go according to plan. I wanted to see Michael Chandler win this fight, no lie, just because I wanted to see a champion from Bellator come to the UFC and prove to be one of the best fighters in the world. He's one of the best fighters regardless. And now he's just going to have to fall into the mix with the lightweight division that's in the UFC. Obviously, Connor, Justin Gaethje, now Benil Dariush after taking out Tony Ferguson, but we'll get into that in a second. So this was a great fight between Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. Very, very exciting. Chandler had a submission attempt early with a guillotine choke on Charles, but he basically was able to withstand the submission, and the fight kept going. And late in the first round, Michael Chandler had Charles hurt with a barrage of shots, but he was able to survive somehow and make it to the second round. It looked very similar to when he had Dan Hooker hurt in his first UFC fight. I thought he was going to finish Charles in the first round, no lie. And he thought he was also, in a lot of interviews that he had this week, he was saying that he thinks it's going to be a first-round finish as a knockout. Unfortunately... It didn't happen like that. So we move on to the second round where it ended 15 seconds in by the time the ref stopped it at least. Charles caught Michael Chandler with a flush left hook, dropping him and then continuing the assault, getting more shots on Michael Chandler until the ref stopped the fight. And... Yeah, it was just a crazy scene after Charles won. He was obviously very excited. It's been a long road for him. He's been in the UFC over 10 years now since he was a 20-year-old, and now he's 30, obviously. So it's been a long road for him, and he has a very decent resume, obviously beating Tony Ferguson in his last fight to get him to this point. And, yeah, congrats to Charles Oliveira, new lightweight champion. And Michael Chandler, he'll definitely need to take some time. And then I hope we see him pretty soon fight again because he's one of the best fighters. And, yeah, he was just very... Disappointed. He made one mistake. He moved into a shot, and that ultimately cost him the championship in his second UFC fight, which is nothing to be ashamed of. He'll definitely have another shot. Jessica, he's a big name, and the UFC thrives off of making pay per views with the biggest stars that exist in the sport. So he'll be back in this position.
But moving on to some other fights that happened, the co-main event, Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush. It went the distance, but there was a few instances. This fight was fucking crazy. Tony was stuck in a heel hook. Dariush had him in, and it looked like something popped in his leg. Something crazy, and Tony Ferguson's one of the toughest motherfuckers around. He's a savage, man. He's been in submissions before where stuff looks like it's being, like, pulled out of socket and stuff like that, and he just doesn't give up. Somehow he just has the fortitude to keep the fight going. But Dariush was able to land some shots on him throughout the fight and stuff like that and take him down. And he ultimately won via unanimous decision. That was a great fight. I was looking forward to that. Unfortunate for Tony Ferguson. He's a legend. Just a really tough dude. If there's a picture of someone in the dictionary next to the word toughness, it's probably Tony Ferguson. Because I don't fucking know how he didn't tap when he was stuck in a heel hook. It's very painful, and it looked like his leg was about to snap. But, uh, yeah, speaking of snapping, another fight that happened on the main card, Jacare Souza. He's a legend, man. And Andre Muniz. That was a great fight. Unfortunate for Jacare because the fight ended when his forearm. I guess, snapped when he was stuck in an armbar from Muniz. And, yeah, that's a very impressive victory against Jacare Souza, who's one of the highest-level BJJ masters in the world, according to Joe Rogan, and a lot of other respected analysts within the sport. So that's definitely... A crazy fight that happened last night. Lando Venata was confused after his fight was over because he thought he won via unanimous decision. It was split. I don't know what the refs are smoking sometimes. But, you know, he got the victory over Mike Grundy. This was a very impressive fight. And... Yeah, he's definitely going to be one of the future contenders in the featherweight division. And he's went down in weight a few weight classes. I think he used to be a welterweight so or a lightweight. So, uh, yeah, that was a very exciting fight. It was a great night of fights last night. Caitlin Chukagian getting the victory over Vivian Arujo. The unanimous decision. That was a good fight. And then uh, a really good fight to start off the main card. Edson Barbosa getting the knockout over Shane Burgos in the third round. Edson Barbosa is one of the best strikers in all of MMA. Literally has video game like accuracy. My bad. <laughs> yeah. That was a crazy freaking fight. 
And Jordan Wright, he ended the fight against Jamie Pickett very quickly. He kneed him in the head and then basically just jumped him. And the fight was over minute four into the first round. Very exciting fight. They call him the Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> That's one of the funniest nicknames I've heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, he definitely jumped Jamie Pickett, but and then Antonina Shevchenko, the sister of Valentina Shevchenko, the champion in the flyweight division. She lost to Andrea Lee in a crazy fight. Andrea Lee really ragdolled Antonina Shevchenko. She was like throwing her around and shit. And Shevchenko is a 11-time Muay Thai and kickboxing champion in, like, Europe and shit. So, like, I thought this was going to be a crazier fight. She didn't really get too many shots on her. She had a couple kicks to her. But Andrea Lee, she got her on the ground for a good portion of the fight and ended it with a triangle choke armbar combination submission. This was a crazy fight. I thought it was one of the crazier women's fights I've seen in the last couple months, no lie, because it was pretty competitive. And yeah, anyway, but that was a really solid fight. And I'm looking forward to next week's fight. We got Cody Garbrandt against Rob Font next week. That's going to be an insane main event. Rob Font, definitely one of the up-and-comers. He's from Boston. And Cody Garbrandt, one of the toughest fighters. He's just one of the best boxers in all of UFC, I feel like, especially in the Bantamweight division. I Hopefully, one day, we'll see Cody back at the top. He's one of my favorite fighters. No, uh, he's been around for a while. Yeah, so that's going to be a great fight in the main event. Then we got Jack Hermanson and Edmund Shabazian. That's going to be a freaking war. Shabazian, great judo kickboxer. He has a lot of skills. Jack Manson definitely has great stand-up, and he's a tough opponent for anyone, really. So that's going to be an interesting fight. Been waiting for that. That was supposed to be on the card last night, but it got moved. You got Ben Rothwell, the legend, fighting. Holy shit. 38 and 13. This guy's been through some wars, man. A true old OG, man. He's an old dude. 6'4", 265. Still doing it. It's been around since the Ultimate Fighter a long time ago.
And then a good women's fight in the featherweight division. Felicia Spencer facing Norma Dumont. That's going to be a good fight. And, oh, Carlos Spars is fighting. I am going to botch him. My immediate reaction after UFC 262 last night. What's next for Michael Chandler after losing to Charles Oliveira? I feel like maybe Justin Gagey. They both made their name outside of the UFC. Michael Chandler, obviously, in Bellator, and Justin Gagey made his name in the World Series of Fighting, which is a smaller promotion. I feel like these two would put on a clinic and knock each other unconscious. So that would be an exciting fight if that was to happen. Michael Chandler obviously needs to build his winning streak back up to get back to a title shot, which is going to take a few fights at this point because he did not become champion last night, unfortunately. I was really rooting for him. And, yeah, that's pretty much that. Moving on to some basketball news. Yesterday, the Knicks were very successful in defeating the Charlotte Hornets in overtime, 118-109. to This game came down to the wire and was going back and forth a lot during this game. And the Knicks were choking it some point and we really needed to win this game to stay in a positive position seeding wise in the Eastern Conference if we win today's game against the Celtics we become the number four seed in the Eastern Conference today's the last game so the Knicks need to win but yesterday Julius Randle had another MVP like performance 33 points in 46 minutes 13 assists 10 rebounds one steal RJ Barrett 9 points Reggie Bullock 17 points 5 for 9 from 3 Derek Rose off the bench 25 minutes 15 points 3 assists Emmanuel quickly, 24 minutes off the bench yesterday, 13 points, two rebounds. Alec Burks, 14 points in 30 minutes, nine rebounds, five assists. LaMelo Ball left the game yesterday with an apparent wrist injury. He finished with eight points in 21 minutes. And, yeah, like I said, the Knicks are in control of their destiny right now. If they beat the Celtics today, they're in the number four seed, and I don't think anybody expected the Knicks to be in this type of position. Thank God we don't have to play in the playing tournament. That would have been one of the worst situations for the Knicks because if we just made a small error, it could ruin our whole playoff run. So thank God we are immune from the playing tournament, unlike the Lakers, who can potentially not even have a playoff run if they aren't successful in the playing tournament. So LeBron better show up. Anthony Davis, you guys got to show up. LeBron expressed his criticism over the playing tournament and said whoever came up with it should be fired. So... LeBron, you got to put up or shut up right now. 
And if the Lakers don't win, I guess we'll have to see who becomes the new NBA champion this year. The Nets got all of their guys back, but Kyrie is expressing that right now basketball isn't his biggest concern. His focus is on the violent crimes that are occurring in this country and the world. Especially with what's going on in the Middle East with Gaza and Israel. Kyrie is a very sympathetic guy, but he needs to focus on fucking playing basketball. Like, he's not an activist. He's a basketball player. Like, he could be an activist on his social media and stuff like that, but to say that his mind isn't in the right spot because it's something that doesn't even concern him as a person, I don't get it. Like, stick to playing basketball, Kyrie. You're not a world activist. Just because you have a big platform doesn't mean that you can slack off. And he obviously did that at multiple times during the season for the Nets, which can ultimately cost them games. And, I mean, like, the Nets did fine this year dealing with what they dealt with, especially with not having James Harden and Kevin Durant for a better part of the season. But for Kyrie to do this and just constantly attract attention to himself for no apparent reason, I, I don't know. Like, just... He says basketball is not the most important thing to him right now. And what does that say about him as a competitor? It's like we get that. But, like, you see you're not the only person that plays in the NBA, Kyrie. So you and everyone else is trying to make a difference in this world. And it's going to take a lot more than just saying stuff to make a difference. Some NFL news, the Giants signed Kelvin Benjamin to a one-year contract. He's a former 1,000-yard receiver with the Carolina Panthers, and the Giants are continuing to add playmakers to their roster. They might make him a tight end down the road. He's definitely a bigger receiver than most normal tight ends, I mean receivers. So, Calvin Benjamin being added to the Giants, he hasn't been on a team in a few seasons since 2018. Obviously, he was used to being Cam Newton's wide receiver and was very successful with him. So, hopefully, he's able to do some good things with the Giants and they can become one of the future title contenders in the NFC. Hopefully the Giants have a good season this year after adding Kadarius Toney to their offense. Apparently a lot of teams really wanted Kadarius Toney because of his playmaking ability. He's a great receiver outside of the slot. And 
they could get a lot done for the Giants who are looking to become more of a playmaking offense and make their offense more fast-paced with Saquon returning this year. And we got to protect our superstars. And then having Kyle Rudolph in the mix at tight end is definitely big for the Giants to have solid targets for Daniel Jones to throw to and become the quarterback that we believe that he can become in the future. As long as the Giants have the pieces around him that can make him a success, I feel like this partnership is going to be a good one. Hopefully he is able to have a good season again. He showed us a lot of different skills that he has in his arsenal. He is a pretty speedy runner. He has the ability to just take off out of nowhere which is something that I don't think a lot of Giant fans knew. And he definitely has a solid arm that he can throw the ball down the field and make plays. I feel like he just needs to look for the open guy a little bit more often and try to work outside of the backfield and try to get some quick passes to slot receivers and running backs to basically ensure that he doesn't throw an interception as often as not down the field because, like, when you throw the ball down the field, most times the defense could pick it off. So I feel like we just got to be more cautious on that. But Joe Judge is definitely putting the Giants in the right situation to become one of the top teams in the NFL, obviously adding Kenny Galladay, one of the top wide receivers in all of the NFL. They're going in the right direction. A lot of New York sports are going in the right direction. And it's definitely going to be a positive season for the Giants. We can only hope that it's going to be better than the last couple of years. But adding all these solid targets for Daniel Jones is a blessing. And the Giants are hopefully moving in the right direction. Some other NFL news. I wonder where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. Maybe he's going to leave Green Bay. Maybe he's going to stay. We've seen this with superstar quarterbacks in the past with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady obviously leaving their franchise that they spent most of their career with. Peyton Manning obviously with the Indianapolis Colts leaving there after a long career and then going to Denver and winning a championship. And then Tom Brady just recently winning a title with Tampa Bay after leaving new England. Maybe that's a trend for quarterbacks that are stuck in a situation where they don't feel like they have the best tools around them to get the job done. Obviously Aaron Rodgers feels neglected sometimes because he doesn't have the top targets, obviously outside of Devontae Adams. And the Packers don't really draft too well to help Rodgers either because, like, they don't get him, like, top wide receivers or anything like that. They usually draft defensively. So he's definitely frustrated in Green Bay, and we can only wait to see where he ends up.
So yesterday, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett got inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Definitely a tough day for the Bryant family and Kobe's wife as she had a speech about Kobe and just made the room seem so different without having Kobe actually there to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And it's so crazy that it's been over a year since he's passed and recipes to Kobe and Gianna and all those people. Yeah, Kobe would have been doing big things if he was still here, and I don't think anybody would have expected that this ever would have happened, and he wouldn't be able to grace the stage and become a Hall of Famer. Obviously, after he's passed on, it's a different kind of thing, and Michael Jordan was there for it, and yeah, it was just a celebration of his life, and Recipes to Kobe, one of my favorite athletes of all time, and I'm sure a lot of people's favorite athlete. And it just sucks that he couldn't see himself become a Hall of Famer. But he knew. He knew at the end of the day that he was a Hall of Famer. He knew that he was the best. And it's just the way life goes sometimes. I don't think anybody would have expected that to happen. I couldn't believe it the day that it happened, but yeah, that's that. And this has been an episode of One Stop Shop. Peace out.